This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. I'm Caleb Brown. The fight over the U.S. border has intensified with many Republicans quick to defend the actions of Texas Governor Greg Abbott there. But for all the bluster and posturing over the problems posed by illegal immigration, Cato's David Beer says there seems to be precious little interest among those same Republicans about creating a rational, welcoming and cost-effective immigration policy. I have friends who are Republicans, Dave. So do I. And they are up in arms about the border and have done their best to defend Texas Governor Greg Abbott and his actions uh, related to the border. And uh, meanwhile, in the U.S. Senate, there is this attempt to put together a border deal. And meanwhile, on the campaign trail, there is a Republican candidate, leading Republican candidate for president, Donald Trump, who seems if you look beyond his public statements, seems perfectly satisfied to uh, maintain the current level of chaos, as it's described, at the U.S. border. Is that reasonably fair? Yeah. Everybody wants to use this, as you would expect, for their political goals. That's the, (laughs) the point of politics. So no surprises there. But we're getting into some pretty novel territory with this conflict between Abbott and President Biden. And it's interesting to watch because uh, even notable federal Republicans, people who uh, have the constitutional and legal authority to set the rules at the U.S. border, um, they do not seem interested in fundamentally addressing the core of the problem, which, of course, you get into in your uh, New York Times piece. Uh, could Would you mind characterizing your view of where that sits and what your solution to it is? Look, we have a huge number of people violating immigration laws every single day at the border, obviously, far more in the interior of the country. And this is a consequence of the inability or refusal of the federal government to create immigration laws that are intended to be followed by most people. The the point of our immigration laws is to primarily keep people out of the country. That's the goal of the Immigration and Nationality Act. Exclude most people, have a few narrow exceptions, for some others. And that system is what's failing and, and leading to all the chaos and disorder at the border. And my view is that chaos and disorder and illegality are actually bad things for the country. Uh, you know, it's, we're spending a lot of law enforcement resources in a misguided way um, as a result of these laws. And of course, now we have Texas, you know, they're diverting huge numbers of law enforcement uh, resources to the border, which is even more, in my view, problematic because state and local officials go after property and violent crimes primarily. So it is unfortunate that we're in a position in our country right now where immigration and trying to deal with this, you know, perfectly natural, nonviolent activity has really turned into, um, 
you know, the number one priority for law enforcement, both at state and federal levels. And that's totally unnecessary. Uh, it's a misuse of our resources as taxpayers and leads to bad consequences, both in the economy as, you know, it, it leads to misallocation of resources there as well. So, um, you know, I think it's it is a mess. There are problems, uh, but the solution is pretty simple. Uh, have a legal immigration system that lets people uh, have a realistic opportunity of being able to immigrate, uh, which is totally denied to them right now. I don't know if it's a complaint or not, but uh, you were talking about how it seems as if you are saying the same thing over and over and over again, and. Uh, I can appreciate that when because the the policy, the good policy from your perspective hasn't changed. That's right. Uh, my New York Times piece today is uh, not that but much different from the one I wrote last year. So it's it's just you got to keep repeating the message because people have this belief right now in the country that illegal immigration is some surprising thing where we, we should expect that um, people will not come to the border and, and try to uh, join the freest and most prosperous country in the world. That, that's just not a reasonable expectation. And the belief that, you know, if we just spend even more law enforcement dollars, even more uh, resources on this issue, even though we're spending more on enforcing immigration laws than any other set of laws uh, by by a significant amount at the federal level, and now um, you know to to just go even further, they want to spend. You know, President Biden has asked for three times the Border Patrol budget in funding for a single year. Uh, to deal with this. And it's just totally uh, out of proportion to uh, the problem. Yes, there's a problem, but there's an easier solution, which is, of course, uh, to make immigration legal again. I mean, that's the our founding tradition. That's, you know, what built this country. Really, the, the second founding of our country occurred in 1924. I mean, people talk about the second founding after the Civil War, but in terms of our population, in terms of our people, uh, you know, the Immigration Act of 1924 did more to uh, distort the natural progress of this country by denying 80% of immigration over the course of the next um, really century that it's been enforced. Uh, obviously, we've had revisions to it, some changes to it, but the central premise of that law was we're going to cap the number of people at some arbitrary level who can come, and it's going to be far, far below what the natural level would be. In your uh, New York Times piece, you're offering essentially well-meaning advice to President Joe Biden and in terms of uh, where he ought to double down, uh, you you talk specifically about sponsorships. Yeah, that's right. So he actually took some of our advice, which is to allow U.S. citizens and, and other U.S. legal residents to sponsor immigrants to come lawfully to the United States. And then, you know, this would divert people from 
the illegal uh, immigration path. And this has been tremendously helpful, but he has only rolled it out for five nationalities. So you have Ukraine, Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela as the five countries where you can apply to sponsor someone. Anyone can do this. I've done it. Our colleague, uh, Ilya Soman, has done it. It is possible to do this. Ukrainians are uncapped. Everyone else has a cap that's set well below the the um, demand uh, for this path. And initially, it seemed like, okay, people are buying into this. They, they think, okay, there is a legal way to come. It, it still is the case that for illegal immigration for from Cuba and Haiti, down about 99% from its peak under the Biden administration as a result of these legal entry programs. Nicaragua's down by a very significant amount. And then Venezuelans, not by, down by much, but it's certainly an improvement over what it would have been if not for these programs. The biggest impediment, of course, is now the cap. And so we've had Venezuelans who've been waiting for over a year. And for new people applying who are like, okay, I should be considering how to immigrate legally or illegally. Well, right now there's a backlog that will take at least five years to get through. And there's zero faith that these programs will still be in effect in five years because of the fact that really there's... They're created by executive um, discretion, and and we've seen policies come and go. That's why we do need uh, congressional action here to to make some of these good programs permanent, to mandate their use, and to make it clear to people who want to immigrate here that there is going to be a lawful way, and it's going to stick around for more than you know one administration. And and that remains, I suppose, the the biggest misconception and. Uh, once again, I'll ask you to repeat what you say over and over and over again, which is there is some line to step into. And uh, as you've documented various places, uh, there is no line. Yeah. So the, the report that we're working on now is looking at the history of green card applications and what percent of those applications turn into permanent residence. Uh, for someone, and over time, it, it you know if you look back in the late nineteenth, uh, early twentieth century, ninety eight percent of the people applying to become permanent residents of the United States were approved, and then in the nineteen twenties, it plummeted down to less than fifteen percent, and now it's about three percent of the people who are trying to immigrate legally through the processes that have been created by Congress, uh, will actually get a green card uh, this year. So it's been a dramatic reduction in the legal immigration level, and that's resulted in illegal immigration for many years. Of course, during the Great Recession (laughs) under Obama, we had a huge um, uh, drop in illegal immigration in 2020, of course, if you have 30 million people unemployed and no job openings, uh, that's going to be a very effective way to solve the problem of illegal immigration. But that's not the way we want to solve the problem. We want to have a robust economy 
and a robust legal immigration system, too. David Beer is Associate Director of Immigration Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.